everyone, and welcome to Youth Positively Speaking. My name is Paige Ewing, and I work at Prevention Resources as the Multimedia Specialist for Positive Youth. Prevention Resources is a nonprofit located in New Jersey that is dedicated to promoting health and wellness of individuals, families, and community through education, collaboration, advocacy, and treatment. As always, I have with me Erin Cohen, the Project Coordinator of Positive Youth. Thanks, Paige. I'm Erin Cohen, the Positive Youth Project Coordinator, and the Positive Youth Initiative focuses on building countywide capacity to reduce substance misuse among youth 9 to 20 years old in Hunterdon County. And so today's Story from the Street episode, we are very excited to be joined by Drew Furman. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Drew, and for telling us a little bit about your story. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Hi, uh, my name is Drew Furman. I live in uh, Seattle, Washington right now, and I am a barber um, uh, at a shop uh, downtown. And uh, I think that's that's pretty the much summary of what's going on in life right now. But uh, <laughs> 26 years old, uh, about to be 27. Oh, happy birthday. When's your Thank birthday? You. Uh, September. It's a little bit. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Wait, wait what day? Wait, the 25th. When's yours? Oh, the 7th. Oh, you're Virgo. I am a Virgo. Uh, I'm ready for some intense energy questions. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. In the well, best way. Here, I know. So this episode comes out in June, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, it's LGBTQ Awareness Month. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of why we've had you on the podcast, Drew, to tell us a little bit about your experience, because... You know, I think I, I don't mean to out you if you <laughs> haven't told anyone, but I think that's why you're here is to tell us a little <laughs> bit about your experience being part of the community. Absolutely. So me personally, I identify um, as a trans person and I am gay as well. So I definitely have had a lot of experience in the LGBT community. So will you tell us first, kind of stemming back to your childhood, maybe when you knew that you were maybe a little bit different coming out what was that like Mm -hmm. for you absolutely so I grew up in a pretty interesting area so I grew up in a more conservative area um and and somewhat in a conservative household not super conservative to the point where I couldn't um, be myself or was disciplined while I was being myself but it definitely my surrounding definitely um had an impact on the progress of me finding out who I am um, I think I feel for me personally, my earliest memory going back, I knew I was kind of different around, I, th- I probably would say like four or five. I can, I can remember as far back as that. Um, just when I first started being surrounded with other kids that were my age, I realized I didn't click with the boys and I clicked more with the girls and I could converse better with them always kind of have. And um, uh, it, it started to that then as I started getting older, started to have an effect on uh, relationships with men. And I don't mean like a relation, like a romantic relationship. I just mean like friendships, like any sort of like communication skills with men. And it, it definitely had an effect on me as a child. And um, even sort of getting more sort of getting older, um, I didn't really, me personally, didn't have um, any attraction to boys or girls as a kid. I personally, like looking back at it now, now knowing the terminology and how to identify that, I would probably say that I was uh, asexual as a child and didn't really have any preference until about uh, when puberty hit. And that's kind of when like everything just kind of like, you know, hit the fan. It just was, it was very intense as a, 
gay person, especially a person just confused with gender as well. So were you really confused at that time because it's all hitting at one time? You didn't really know what was going on? Yeah, definitely. I also grew up pretty religious as well. So having that in the back of my mind, just being like feeling kind of like a, a sin, basically was very challenging in acceptance with who I am. So I found out around 13 that I was attracted to men and um, it took me a really long time to accept it. Um, uh, I would probably, I think I had self-acceptance for being attracted to men around 16, 16 years old. Um, and then I, I officially came out when I was 18. I came out on uh, New Year's Eve, 2012, going into 2013. It was my uh, senior year of high school. Um, and how did your parents take it when you came out to your parents? Or did you come out to somebody different when you first came out? Um, so um, I actually told my parents um, the night before I came out, um, just because, you know, they are my parents and I love them. And I know that they would be accepting of it. Um, that's the one thing that I was grateful for that I really, I really am so grateful for is that I lived in a household that my parents were accepting, um, whereas so many other kids do not have that, that, that same feeling that I, I got to have that, that sense of security with their parents. Um, my parents were very accepting. Um, actually, when I did come out, I told them beforehand, I was like, you probably already know this, but my mom has told me that she knew that I was gay since uh, she said it was about age two that she realized that I, there's a possibility. And I even remember being pretty young um, in the back of the car with my sister and my parents telling us that if one of us was gay, that they would love us no matter what. And obviously that was directed towards me, <laughs> but to make things fair, you know, totally. And so, you know, obviously coming out, it's a big emotional process, but were you able to find other people like in your community who are able to kind of support you going through that process or did you kind of have to do it by yourself? Unfortunately, um, I did not have any gay friends growing up. Um, I, I pretty much did a lot of things on my own. Um, uh, I really didn't really have any other gay influences. Um, I do want to say though, um, I know, uh, I personally love Lady Gaga and um, she always had a voice for, always has, still does have a voice for the LGBT community. And um, I really think that her words helped me a lot. Like, especially when I was uh, a teenager and especially that uh, intermittent time that I was talking about of realizing I was gay to the point of accepting it. it. It it really helped a lot to see somebody that I looked up to so much, speaking so much about, um, LGBT rights and knowing that I wasn't alone that really showed me that I wasn't alone but growing up I there were other gay kids at school but um I I personally now think look at it now I didn't want to socialize with them just kind of kind of out of safety because um I was feminine um but I wasn't the most feminine uh, gay person at my school and so I kind of had um that privilege of sometimes getting away with being straight passing not not a lot but more than others and mm -hmm. so it, it kind of I, I didn't feel safe and I know that the other kids growing up where I uh, was growing up definitely had a harder than me sometimes but yeah it was definitely but it's nice to be older now and have so when you uh, were in high school a lot of friends that sorry 
No, go ahead. Um, but it's so great now to have um, gay friends now. Most of my friends now are, are gay. So when you look around and you're out and about, what is the mm -hmm. general experience for you being trans? Do you find that most people are supportive? Do you hear the whispers? Do you hear stuff? Do people ever, you know, because there is a lot of people out there, you know, especially when it comes to bathrooms where it gets very divided on where people stand. What are some experiences that you've dealt with in that sense? Um, I've, I feel like being trans definitely is a lot more difficult than being gay. And even, um, even when it comes to like, me personally having to accept that side of myself, I found it a lot more difficult than being gay. But my experience with other people with it, um, it's it's actually really crazy. Um, uh, a lot of my, the most of the people that I've had an issue, that have had an issue with it have been other uh, gay men. Um, mm -hmm. They've, it, it's, there's a lot of internalized homophobia and transphobia uh, within uh, the gay community. And that's usually where I got a lot of negative feedback from. Um, most of the time, if somebody is going to say something negative to me that is a stranger, it's usually going to be a straight male. They usually will say something um, negative about me. But, you know, I don't take it personally because I know at the end of the day, they're the ones that are attracted to me, but will never be accept, won't ever accept themselves. So I more feel bad for them if, if out of anything. So. <laughs> and I think that's such, such a great attitude to have. And it's, you know, in college, I had a lot of friends who were, you know, somehow a part of the LGBTQ community. And the thing that always got me was like, why does it matter what a person thinks about themselves? Like, it's not hurting you. It's mm -hmm. not influencing you. This is just who they are. Why can't we get to that point? And so, you know, for anybody who's listening, what would you say is the most important thing for if somebody comes out to them and it's like either I'm gay or I'm trans? What what do you think is the most important thing for them to say in that moment? Do you do you mean the sense of like uh, the the person hearing somebody else say that mm -hmm. they're gay or trans? You know, I think just to listen is the most important thing, and um, maybe. If the person is still kind of unsure, maybe try not to put your own definition on it and let them define it for themselves. I feel like that's another thing that has been somewhat difficult for me just because it's, uh, even with sexuality and gender identity, they're both so different, but they're both sometimes very hard to define for yourself. And so when other people try to do it for you, uh, that's when it becomes kind of difficult and it gets kind of lost in your own tr translation of how you want to express yourself where in somebody else's um, definition might try to take over that so I think just being open and uh listening to what that person has to say and just be loving I think that's also important because you know when you're going through something like this you really do need kindness I think that's I I think just kindness in general I feel like that's something we always come back to just to be kind and so you're not hurting anybody by being who you are right Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So have you ever um, had an experience where you were worried about your safety? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, there's been a, a couple in incidences or instances that um, have left me feeling uh, unsafe. I'm very fortunate to live in Seattle where uh, most people are um, 
I would honestly say on the right side of history in the sense that nobody's going to really mess with me. Um, but there's definitely been some times where I've been in vulnerable spots. Um, the other day, um, uh, it was the middle of the day, this man asked me for uh, money for gas. And I, I, I was kind, I gave him the benefit of the doubt and I gave him some money. Um, and he was, said he was living out of his car, but he started to follow me out of the gas station. Uh, I, I lost him, but then the next day I ran into him again and he kind of like cornered me that it, it, it was not, uh, that was an instance where I very felt very dangered. And I kind of felt like he was going to tr tr trying to like kidnap me. He was trying to get me to come in his car. Um, that was the most recent thing. Um, there's been some times where I was, I was definitely in the wrong neighborhood and I'll hear comments and stuff. Um, but for the most part, um, most people have left me alone. I think the craziest thing I think that has like happened to me wh while living in Seattle uh, wasn't even when I was out as a, a trans person. Um, somebody pulled a knife on me uh, waiting for the bus, but I don't know if it was a, anything like personal. I just think just it just happened. Right. So, Drew, you were talking about at 18 is when you came out as gay. Mm -hmm. How long after was it before you started identifying as trans? um it took it took a while i um personally i it i didn't i when i came out as gay um i kind of forgot that i had feelings of uh, gender dysphoria um and any feelings i had because i i had them as a child feelings of gender dysphoria feeling like something wasn't right with how i wanted to pre present myself but realizing that i was gay really took over that and um I had, um, what is that? Um, I guess unlocked all these memories when I kind of, when I kind of realized, so I had a realization that something was up with my gender um, when I was 20. And it wasn't until 23 that I accepted it for myself. And um, I started uh, changing how I presented myself around uh, 24. So it took about a year to kind of like like be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to accept myself. But I will say those from 20 to 23 were the hardest years of my life. And well, why do you think that was the hardest time? Well, here's the thing too, it, just because I knew that the way people are going to see me is going to be completely different. I knew I would lose friends. Um, it's really unfortunate, but I even have some family that does, don't talk to me anymore. Um, so I knew that, you know, walking around as a gay male, I have this privilege where I am safe and I know most people aren't going to mess with me, but now putting myself as a trans person, it makes it more difficult for me to kind of, um, not stick out. So unfortunately, I mean, it's great sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> it's not when, you're not trying to, you, I get a lot of attention and sometimes it's unwanted attention and it's never, I'm never asking for attention, but sometimes it, it can be very negative and um, that's when it's stressful. Yeah, I can, I can see that with, it's interesting because we talk about the LGBTQ community for lesbian and gay people um, and some of the hardships that they have, but it is interesting as a trans person that you talk about someone who's gay, maybe not, they have that privilege of almost camouflaging in with everybody else, if, yeah. if I'm saying that correctly, like that 
you can be gay and nobody knows if you're just sitting on the bus, but when you're sitting on the bus as trans, you know, right? Yeah, usually. And you know, that just goes for some gay people, you know, I think that it de depends person to person, you know, honestly, especially where you live. Cause you know, um, it, even like a, a gay person, like I just know for me, cause like, I, I was not, I didn't really dress feminine. I, I, when I was younger, like, but people just knew and it was not safe. Like I was extremely bullied as a, as a child. And unfortunately, um, if you don't process that, then it comes back and it, that during that time where I was finding out when I was trans, I was also dealing with, um, uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD from childhood bullying as a teenager. So I was also dealing with that coming back up and those, the issues that that has caused me as an adult, even today. And it has really affected my trust with uh, mainly men, unfortunately. So um, it, it definitely has a, it plays a role in your life later, but it's, it's up to you on how you want to pro handle that and deal with that. Yeah, and with it being Pride Month, one of the things that Paige and I really have been trying to talk about is that the LGBTQ community um, is more at risk for substance use issues. And a lot of it is trying to cope and deal with being different or coming out and people use substances to cope with that. So you know, we're always constantly talking about healthy coping skills and some are some things that you can do that will help you feel better where you're not resorting to that. And I'm glad that you talked about Lady Gaga because that is a great coping skill, like listening to Lady Gaga, seeing Lady Gaga and doing that um, so that you can avoid some of the other things. Not saying that you're not using any substances or going out and doing things like that, but just that um, a way of coping and you know, handling, like you said, you know, the PTSD of what it was like bully, getting bullied when you were in high school. Totally, totally. Music was a huge coping mechanism for me. It was my way of kind of um, drowning out the world a little bit in a sense. I also um, used art as a huge outlet of uh, self-expression and um, just to, to get out my feelings, um, especially in that time when I had so much uh, pent up energy and uh, anger and aggression. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of emotions, just trying to figure that out. So it sounds like just in a few short years, you've really kind of come into your own and um, really accepted you for who you are and going out. So you're a barber. And so when I hear barber, I think of men. So are you cutting men's hair only or do you do women's hair as well? Um, I do all hair, um, okay. but primarily my client is um, uh, a male. Yes, okay. I, I do have a lot of lesbian women, though. I have a lot. I, I a lot of lesbians come see me. I love my lesbian clients. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have a question uh -huh. because I know that I have a few listeners that are, you know, definitely generationally older, and like I've had a whole conversation with my grandmother about pronouns. Mm -hmm. And so, Drew, you what pronouns do you use? I'm really glad that you actually asked this. Um, I think it's another thing. That's another thing that's uh, really important is uh, pronouns and making sure that you are using the correct pronouns. Uh, me personally, um, I do not have uh, preferred pronouns. Um, I kind of just go with the flow. Um, everything changes every day. Um, most of my friends call uh, me, use she, her for uh, my pronouns. Um, 
some use he, him, uh, some use they, them. Um, I personally do not have a preference. Whatever comes naturally is what I accept. Um, but, you know, that's person to person. So I think that being just the most important thing is just kind of go circle back to the question earlier. It's like when somebody comes out as trans to you, I think asking what their preferred pronouns are is a, is a great start with even your own way of like, you know, uh, having a trans person in, in your life, in your circle. And so this whole time we've been calling you Drew, but mm -hmm. you said like you present feminine. So do you like, do you ever want to change your name? Do you just like your name? You know, I know that's a lot of questions people have of like, See, I always think Drew now because Drew <laughs> is primarily a male name, but uh -huh. I always think of Drew Mary more. And so I kind of feel Drew. like with Drew for you can really go either way. Totally, totally. So um, when it comes to asking names, uh, especially with uh, trans people, asking them, uh, it's kind of, um, uh, an, uh, you, you're fine by asking that, but just me personally, it's fine. But like, it's kind of a, not a appropriate question to ask trans people what like their old name was. Um, but like me personally, I, my birth name is Andrew and um, I, my parents still call me Andrew. Um, a lot of my family calls me Andrew. Some of my friends still do, and it doesn't bother me. Um, I personally go by Drew just because it's a more gender neutral name. So like when I decided when I decided to go forward with uh, this transition in my life, I decided to go with a more gender neutral name just because it's not as um, surprising when you meet me, I, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I have heard, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, that when if you change your name when you mm -hmm. be if you become trans and you change your name um that your former name is now your dead name is that what it's called the dead correct. name correct yeah and then it is quite offensive to people if you use the dead name opposed to the new name yeah it's it's not an it's not a nice move but me personally do you think that I don't that's care. out of like do you think it's offensive to people because they feel like they're not being accepted because I know for me sometimes you know, I have someone close to me who's trans and what happens is, is it slips out and, and I'll say, like, I'll try to correct immediately, mm -hmm. but I also say, you know, for a long time, I've called you this. It's taken me some time to get used to this. It's almost kind of like when I got married and I changed my last name, you know, you still call your mm -hmm. last name, like your maiden name. And then, you know, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, I think that you're doing the best that you can do. And I think as long as you're not doing anything out of spite or anger, um, it, it, I think that, you know, what it, it happens and that's just kind of how it is. But I think most of the time, as long, as long as it's not like out of pettiness or like to be hurtful, most people usually don't have a problem with it. I just know that cor just correct yourself and just, um, move on because the more we, you spend time on, trying to like correct yourself or like apologize or anything, the more awkward it, it is, mm -hmm. but, you know, you know, like it's, yeah. Awkward on both sides because Absolutely. it's awkward for you because you're kind of dealing with it. And then awkward for us because we're, you know, I feel like a lot of people are trying, you know, of course, like Paige was talking about, you know, with the older generation, there's still a lot of people that are kind of a little behind and they are struggling with how people um, are now necessarily. Um, but I think it does become awkward in that sense. Totally. And I also feel like a lot of the times um, the older generation are struggling too, is just because trans people, um, especially even like me, someone who is more not, you know, in the middle of the 
gender spectrum um, have always been around. It's just that we've oh, yeah. never really had the language to describe it. So basically now that we have the language, it's harder for, I feel like the older generation to learn this, this new language in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a new thing by any means because, no. you know, when you see people, I'm always fascinated by men who, men or women, when they're in their 60s or 70s, that all of a sudden, you know, we could even talk about like Caitlyn Jenner. When Caitlyn mm -hmm. Jenner, how old was Caitlyn at that time? You know, 50s, 60 years old, and maybe had felt that way, just like you, Drew, for many, many years, but didn't feel like, you know, 50 years ago that you could come out and say, I want to be, you know, identify as a woman and dress as a woman because it just was not accepted. And now, you know, you're lucky it's 2021, right, Drew? Absolutely. I am very thankful that um, I'm able to be in the time that I'm at right now, because I know that it, and, and I know, I don't think I would have survived if, if it was any time before this time, unfortunately, but that is the sad reality of it. But I know even with like Caitlyn Jenner, I, I'm not a Kardashian fan. I don't, I don't keep up with the Kardashians too much. But <laughs> when, when Caitlyn did come out, it did spike a little interest more into the show. And especially that was at the same time that I kind of was realizing, realizing who I was. Um, in all honesty, um, that week, the Vanity Fair photo shoot was published where she came out. That's kind of um, what got the ball rolling that's kind of when a light bulb went off and I was it was around that time and I was that's kind of what I was like oh you know these repressed memories kind of started all coming back up again but I know that uh the girls and the Card the Kardashians when they were younger uh they caught Caitlyn um they caught her stash I think if I remember correctly they I guess they found her some of her women's clothes and they uh I think it was I think it was Kim walked in on Caitlyn uh, in the middle of the night wearing a dress and heels or something like that and uh, was very confused, but never said anything to um, the mom. I'm not 100% positive. This is just w from what I can remember. It was also this, I think this came out in like 2016. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's exactly what would happen is that mm -hmm. people were just dressing up in their bedrooms or in their own homes. They weren't really going out necessarily. So before we end, our focus really is on youth 9 to 20 here in Hunterdon County. And if you were to just say something to a teenager that's out there right now that's kind of struggling how you were or maybe being bullied in high school, what would you say to a teen who might, you know, be trying to figure out how to come out to parents, how to come out to their friends, or, you know, just struggling in general, what would you say? Well, it's kind of, it's a little cliche, but this is what I remember as a kid, that it gets better, and it, it really does, and I think the most important thing is just to remember to be kind to yourself. Don't put so much pressure on yourself, and you, ha you have to, you really have to learn to love yourself, because you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. And um, I think for me, at least when I was younger, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So just, just be kind to yourself and remember that it's always wrong to hate, but never wrong to love. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Drew. It was so wonderful to have you. And of course, for our listeners, for more information about building inclusive communities, please visit our website at njbrevent.com forward slash positive youth. And thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time for more youth, positively speaking.